Well, thank you, Michael. And uh, this is definitely a lot different. Uh, I don't know of a time where I've ever preached into just a camera. And uh, you might be sitting at home saying, I've never actually sat and watched church sitting in my living room. And uh, it's, it's weird, uh, this cliche going around, this new normal. Uh, it, it is just kind of strange, it's kind of weird. Uh, honestly, it's disrupting my routines like crazy. I am a creature of habit. I usually get up in the morning, have my cup of coffee, open my Bible, and uh, have a shower, get dressed, go to work, sit in my office, write out a list for the day of things I hope to accomplish. And now my office is at home. And it's throwing everything off for me. So I suspect everybody's routines is on its head. And I know this new normal is really, really weird. Uh, we are creatures of habit. And I know that as creatures of habit, uh, we're in disarray. It's interesting to observe how personalities deal with all these situations differently. And as I've, I've watched, I've seen some people in utter panic. And I've seen other people in, oh, the best word I could describe it as denial. Uh, everything's fine. This is overblown. This doesn't matter. And I'm not saying whether either response is right, but it is a, a way that we cope. And this morning, as I was even praying this week, I want us to look at a passage that Honestly, most of us have probably memorized. We've probably applied it to our lives in the past. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 4. And you might remember years ago I preached a sermon on this and I said we need to Philippians for it. And you'll get a little bit more what I mean by that in a little bit. I honestly feel that as I prepared this message, it wasn't as much for you. It was as much for me. I needed this. In fact, I remember a 30-year-old Bible I have. I had circled this and I had written in some points, some ideas, some thoughts. And uh, those thoughts came into my mind unbelievably this week. So turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4 and let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, your word is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. And my prayer today is that in those parts of our soul that are just in such turmoil and unrest and anxiety and, and for those of us that just go into denial, God, would you reach in with your word? Would your word cut to the marrow of our bone? Would it, would it just transform us? In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. I read this this past week as I was preparing uh, this message. It is from Max Sicotta referring to this text. And he says these words. If anyone had a reason to be anxious, it was the Apostle Paul who wrote this text. Envision an old man as he gazes out the window of a Roman prison. Half blind, squinting just to read, and waiting trial before the Roman emperor. His future is as gloomy as his jail cell. Yet to read his words, you would think he just arrived at the Jamaican Beach Hotel. His letter to the Philippians bears not a word of fear or complaint. Not one. Instead, he lifts his thanks to God and calls on the readers to do the same. Rejoice 
in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul's challenge is a decision deeply rooted in the confidence of God. And this confidence that he exists, that he is in control, and that he is good. Rejoice in the Lord always. You can't run the world, but you can entrust it to God. I'm going to ask you as you're at home, you probably have access to a pen and a paper. Maybe even take your electronic device, whether it's a tablet or an iPad, and just clip and copy this Philippians passage. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to verse uh, 8. And even just jog in some notes to this because I think the text explains itself, but if you have a few extra little notes, I think it'll really help you. But I want you to experience some peace. And if you read the scriptures, you'll find that God has a peace that the world can't give. And God's peace, it, it isn't just superficial. It's not like I'm going bankrupt and somebody just gave me a $1,000 kind of peace. It's, it's a peace that goes in our soul. It goes deep, deep down. So Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here it comes. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I want to point out something out of the text I just read. You'll notice there's kind of two parts or, or two main points to this text. Number one, it's something we need to do. We need to go to the Lord. We need to release some stuff. And then there's something God does for us. The first thing in verse 4 that you'll notice, and hopefully you've clipped and copied it, you'll notice that we are to rejoice, to rejoice in the Lord. Now you might be sitting there going, man, I am so wound up, I am so uptight, I am so anxious, I am so full of fear. But you need to understand there is so much power when we intellectually make a choice to take a different path. It's like we were going left and we were saying, okay, we're going to turn right. Most often where I find people struggle the most with this is when I challenge them to forgive. And they say, I cannot forgive. I have so much hurt, so much pain. And I will say, now just hang with me. You need to make a choice. This text is saying, take a hold of your mind, your intellect. And with your words, whatever posture you can do, rejoice. The second part you find in verse 5 is we need to realize something. We need to realize that the Lord is near. And I really hope that as we realize this, 
nearness of God, even in trouble, even in death, even in turmoil, even in unemployment, even in financial trouble, whatever it might be, that the Lord is near. And honestly, friends, he is grieving with you. He is aching with you. But to understand that God is near, this, this should motivate you. And, and in this text, it should motivate you to be gentleness because you can see when we're anxious, when we're upset, we lash out. We're short-fused. When God is near to us, when we understand that, it brings us to this point of being gentle with others. But hang on with me because it gets better, it gets more embedded into the deeper parts of us. The third thing you find in this text in verse 6 is that we need to release something. And you might be saying, release what? What are you talking about? Our anxiety. Release our anxiety. In fact, the text says to pray with thanksgiving, with supplication, with lots of different translations say different things. But in other words, you just basically blurt out to God. I mean, if you've read the Psalms lately, David was famous for this. He, he said to God what he was feeling. All the anxiety, all the turmoil in his heart, and he blurted it out to God. Oh, and I love this text. So you, you've kind of made the shift mentally, you've realized God is near, and, and then you've released your anxiety. And here, friends, this is where it gets really good. This is where it goes way into your soul. You need to receive his peace. Uh, peace begins to flow into us from God. Uh, we now receive something, not because we are empty, not because we've, you know, you might say, well, this is sort of like of a lot of meditation in the world where we empty our minds of all bad stuff. And I will say, well, yeah, you might get your mind empty, but you do that so that God can enter in, so that his peace that passeth all understanding will guard your hearts, your minds, and your soul. Peace is released into the cleaned out space you have chosen to release. God can work with you now. Uh, you've made a choice, you've, you've released, you've, you've told him your stuff and he wants to work now deeply and intensely in you. At this point, you are at a new state of mind with releasing and receiving. And here's one final piece to piece. You need to refocus. The very end of that text says that we are supposed to think about things that are positive, think about things that are true, think about things that are praiseworthy. You see, what we put in our minds, what we dwell on, that's what we become. And with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, this is incredible. And Max Licato again, he says, if you feed your faith, your fears will starve. If you feed your fears, your faith will starve. Our tendency is to feed our fears. We have to do intentional things to feed our faith. Let me just ask you a question. You've all been on your news feeds. Uh, my wife and I last night watched news for the first time. And about 10 minutes in, I, I could hear my wife sighing. And I said, are, are, is this too much for you to handle? And she goes, well, it's a little overwhelming. And, and I remember in the later part of the evening, she said, can we pray? What are you feeding? 
Oh, yeah, we need to know. And I, I love watching Alberta House daily up, updates at 3.30, 4.30. It changes here and there. But we need to feed our souls. We need to rejoice in the Lord. We need to release stuff to him. We need to receive what he has. We need to focus our minds on stuff that's good. Someone wrote that just about two weeks ago that we were stressing about the time change and whether the East was trying to destroy Alberta or not. Now I think those things feel a little pale. But honestly, Alberta, we've had a double whammy. We have this horrible pandemic. We have oil prices crashes. And you need to feed your soul in a different way because you are going to be in the depths of despair. Now, I want to tell a little story, but I want to tell and confess up front, but this was the worst, unwisest thing I ever, ever did in my life. And I want to say to the kids watching, don't ever do this. Now, you're wondering, what horrible thing could Pastor have done? Well, it was pretty simple. This is late 70s, and I decided I had sold my car, my motorbike broke down. I decided, hey, I'm just going to hitchhike around. So I remember hitchhiking in and out of Fort St. John from the airport. I lived at the airport in Fort St. John. And I remember many nights, I always seemed to end up just on the edge of town by the same tree and the same post. And at that post and that tree, something began to stir in me. I had been a Christian about two or three years solidly. And I had learned some songs and I can remember singing songs like It Only Takes a Spark or Jehovah Jireh, He's My Provider. I, I would sing on the top of my lung, like just out loud. Maybe some people were listening, I'm not sure, but it just filled my, oh, I should confess, I don't like being alone. In fact, even if I go to some lonely place, I have to take a pet with me. I hate being alone. I, I am such a people person, but there I was alone on the road, nobody was picking me up, and they probably shouldn't have been, and I felt his presence, and I remember praying to him. I remember being silent and hearing him encourage me. God was overwhelming. In fact, this became such a habit of mine while I was hitchhiking that one day after I graduated from high school, I decided to hitch from Fort St. John to Vancouver. Uh, the trip down, I don't remember much, but I think I got rides pretty good all the way, but on the way, way back, I remember being dropped off near a big store in Chilliwack right on the freeway. I was there about four or five hours, and I can tell you I sang every song I heard, everything that God could say to me. It's too bad. I, I don't even know if I had a Bible with me. Don't remember that. But I remember going over Scripture. I remember hearing his voice. This was so powerful. And so I, I remember getting a ride up to Prince George. And then I got dropped off. Now, if anybody's traveled from here to Prince George, there's a place, uh, Bear Lake. I think it's called Crooked Creek Provincial Campsite. I got dropped off like right on the road there. And it was dusk. It was just getting dark. And I remember, honestly, and a little self-confessed, some of you know, I'm afraid of bears. It's all I could think about. I'm going to be eaten. I started to sing. I started to make the choice to be with God. I started to say that, God, you are with me, and I'm not going to be afraid, and I'm going to experience your presence, and I'm going to sing. It was unbelievable. It was powerful. Let me read Philippians 4 again. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. 
rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Let's go over that again. We need to rejoice. We need to exchange our hearts and change our mind. We need to realize that God's in control. We need to release our anxiety. We need to receive his peace. We need to refocus and maintain your connection with God. We need to go deep in the Lord. An old Cherokee saying, and I remembered this, and you've probably heard it a thousand times, and it kind of bugged me because I have so much kind of stuff everybody should know, but then the Lord said, yeah, everybody knows it, but nobody's doing it right now, so you just say it. So here goes, an old Cherokee proverb. It was a older man talking to his grandson, and he said, a fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil, he is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you, he said to the boy, and inside every other person. The grandson thought about it for a minute, then he asked his father, which wolf will win? I think it's pretty obvious. The wolf that you feed. And I'm asking you today, what wolf are you feeding? Are you taking these times when you're in isolation or not doing much at home and there's no sports to watch and you can't go to the playgrounds and even I went to Costco yesterday, limited 50 people in there. Where are you at? And you might be thinking, oh, the sermon's come to the end, but no, I have one more point. It's gonna be a short one. But I really want to encourage you and explain something that hopefully you all understand. You, you may or may not know that You've been created as a relational, social person. And you're going to have to do everything in your power to connect with people with some distance. And uh, we are wired for each other. Loneliness and isolation will destroy us. So turn in your Bibles to one last passage. Honestly, it's going to be really quick. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Listen to this. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Are you seeing the kind of juxtaposed to anxiety, what it does to us, how it 
makes us upset. If we have Philippians 4 in our lives and it started to receive his peace, this one takes hold so incredible. Since as members of one body you were called to peace, listen to this, and be thankful. You notice in the previous text it said that too. If you're struggling to get anywhere, one of the, most people will say, just take some time, write down some things you're grateful for. Verse 16, let the message of Christ, hmm, where do you find the message of Christ? Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom. And how do you do this? Through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now, as I was listening to the worship, I got a few texts that said, wow, what a perfect, what a perfect choice of songs. And I hope you were doing as Alina said, and you were uh, literally worshiping and praising God. You were singing those Thanksgiving words. (coughs) Friends, note that peace comes as being part of the body. Aren't you happy or pleased or even excited we have technology today you can you can do such incredible things with it you can watch your preacher live from his church on sunday from your church on a sunday morning why not connect with each other here's something my elders have decided to do it was about a week ago on a tuesday morning last time we met together in person we committed that at 7 a.m every morning we would pray for the church for the pandemic to be stopped and pushed back for those that get sick to be healed we we were praying but here's the thing that we also said we'd pray about we would ask God each morning who should we connect with friends we grow in community we thrive in community use technology let it be your friend Uh, choose to be thankful Uh, grow In community, uh, maybe your life group, and I've heard at least a few life groups that are already going to Zoom online. Uh, This is good stuff. FaceTime each other or whatever, messenger each other. There's all sorts of platforms. Be thankful. So in conclusion, yeah, you can get your breakfast pretty quick here. Uh, Connect with God. Philippians for it. And connect with people. Connect with people. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, these are extraordinary times. And my prayer this morning is that right now, just hearing Philippians 4, just understanding Colossians and coming together with the body and singing thanksgiving and praise to you. Uh, God, I pray that this has entered deep within the soul and heart of everybody, that, that literally instead of uh, that short temper, that, that anxiety, that, that getting upset and breathing deep and having a, a chest pain, Lord, instead we would experience peace and we would be gentle to those around us because you are innocent. And God, there's a good thermometer. If we're being short-tempered and angry, uh, let us Philippians forward. Let us connect with people in the body. Let's FaceTime somebody or, or connect with them in whatever other way we need to do. Oh God, let us connect to you and connect with each other in these times.
Thank you, God, for technology. Uh, may you protect that, that it keeps working. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.